Welcome to the Victory Center's podcast, where we here at Victory Center uh, believe that God wants us to have a victorious life. Thank you for tuning in, and we hope that you're blessed by the word. God bless you. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, God, we just thank you this morning for your goodness, your grace, and your mercy. Heavenly Father, Lord, we ask that you pour out your word to us this morning, God. Cover us with your anointing, God. Open our ears that we can hear. Open our minds so that we can understand, God, what you are saying to us today, Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father, Lord, we pray that you speak like never before, God. Heavenly Father, Lord, break the chains that are holding us back, God. Release us from everything that has us pent down, Heavenly Father. Lord, today we ask for your deliverance, God, your supernatural power in our lives, God. Heavenly Father, Lord, we declare today you are God and God alone, Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray that you sit me down and you stand up, Heavenly Father. Have your way only as you can. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. I want to use for a subject or a text. <laughs> the true value. The true value. Last week, we, we kicked off a series about identity where we talked about the real you. God's taken us into another slice of this series and Today, we just want to talk about true value. I don't know about you, but we tend to value things. Well, we, we tend to give certain things value and we tend to devalue other things. I just want to remind you that only God's value is the true value. Amen, amen. When I was 29 years old, was a young chief petty officer in the Navy and was stationed in Japan and I was in charge of the men and women who had got selected for chief and that year one of our events was to climb Mount Fuji and I'm from Houston Texas if you don't know and Mount Fuji looks just like that it's, it's that pretty too and this was just one task of many tasks that I was taking this group of young men and women who were getting ready to be promoted to chief. They, we designed this thing to take them through challenging things. And I was in charge of taking that group of men and women to the summit of this mountain. We, we all filled out a, a form so the doctor could screen us. And the form actually several questions, you know, do you have high blood pressure? Have you been sick? You know, and I filled the form out. Where I just, just filled it out. I gave it back to the doc. And doc signed pretty much everybody off to go. And the doc pulled me aside and he said, hey, I don't recommend you climb this mountain. I looked at the doc and I said, doc, what are you talking about? I, I run every day. I, I'm probably the fittest person you know. Why, why don't you think I can't climb this mountain? He said, well... You have asthma, and I don't recommend you climb the mountain. I was like, Doc, let me tell you about my asthma. I haven't had an asthma attack in two years. I, I run all the time. Asthma doesn't bother me. Oops, 29. And for those of you who are in your 20s or about to be in your 20s, I'll give you a little piece of advice. 
you're going to feel invincible in that period of your life. And at that time, there was really nothing I couldn't do. You couldn't tell me I couldn't do anything. And, and because I am a child of God, that's, that was my swagger. What? This mountain God made? I can climb this mountain. Remember, I told you I'm from Texas. Everything in Texas is nice and flat. It's, you ain't got no bumps and hills in Texas. Maybe a few, but they don't look like that. Told the doc, hey, doc, you ain't got nothing to worry about. Don't sweat it. Sign me off. He's like, I'll sign you off if you follow three rules. All right, doc, what you got? He said, number one, take your inhaler. Check. He's like, number two, take the portable bottles of oxygen. They're about yay big. They'll fit in your backpack. Take them with you. Okay, doc. He said, last rule, stay with the group. I'm doc. I'm leading the group. What are you talking about? I'm stay with the group. Easy. He signed me off. Set off to the mountain. How many of you know that sometimes the things that we want to do are not necessarily the things God has given us to do? Just because something is in your path doesn't mean that it's for you. We, we have a tendency to, to determine our own path, our own way. And maybe today there's a mountain in your way and, and, and you're thinking, I'm going to climb this mountain and get over it. And, but God's given us so many options. He's given us the option to climb, the option to go around, and the option to walk away. Yeah. And sometimes God sends us a doctor. Or he sends us a friend. Or he sends us somebody who says, I don't think you should do that. And, I'm going off topic a little bit, but maybe we should just listen to those little blessings that come along and speak in our ear because, man, if it hadn't been for the doctor, I wouldn't even paid attention to any of those three things he told me to take. Now, I got to this mountain, and just so you understand a little bit better, the mountain has stations, and the first station... I remember because you drive up and you really start at station five. So we all got out of the vehicle at station five. We got ready, got our gear on and we took off. And I remember when we started at station five, took maybe 200 steps. And I was like, Ooh, the air here is a little thin. And we're, 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 we're just at the, we're kind of at the bottom. We're, we're up a little elevation, but it's just station five. And I could already feel that the air was a little thin. I was like, hey, did anybody else feel that? Like, any, any, <laughs> anybody else with me? <laughs> anybody? And they was all like, nope. They was like, what are you talking about? And I was just like, nope. Okay. Well. Maybe it's just me. Let's go. And we took off. I remember taking off. We got to station six. I'm like, okay, it's just, ah, it's a mountain. It's, don't, don't pay attention to it. Keep going. And being the competitive person that I am, I'm leading the group, but I want to lead from the front. I don't want to lead from the back. I want to show these guys that I'm training that there's no task they can't do. And so 
just naturally I'm, I'm at the head of the group. And so by the time I got to station seven, I'm with, I'm with my buddy and, and I'm like, Hey, you, you, you good? He's like, yeah, let's, let's get to the top. We got, we got four hours to get to the top. Let's go. Let's keep climbing. And at station seven, something told me you probably need to stop because nobody else is feeling the way I'm feeling. You ever did something and other people could be good with it, but you ever been someplace and other people are like, hey, hey, this is the spot to be. And you're like, mm, I just don't, something just don't feel right on the inside of me. Maybe whatever you're into, whatever you're doing, wasn't meant for you. Story goes on, it keeps going. Between station seven and station eight, I knew there was a problem. I knew it. I knew there was a problem because the group that I was leading was now surpassing me. They were passing me up. Hey, Chief, you good? I'm tracking along. We good. I'm out of the portable oxygen bottles. I'm asking other people for theirs. Hey, you got extra? Just on check. Make sure. Hey, trying to play it off. Trying to be cool. Trying to stay with the group. And the group is passing me up. And by the time I got to station eight, I knew there was a problem. But I found my value in being the leader of the group. I found my value in being the fittest person in the group. I found my value in instructing this group of guys. So my pride wouldn't let me quit because I valued myself by what I could do. And if I quit, that, that, that would decrease my value. So at station eight, I made a decision to keep going. I was only a few stations away from the summit. I didn't get all the way to old station eight to quit. I had one more station, then there's the summit. Come on, you can get past this for a little fun. It's okay. There's a huge difference between station eight and station nine. The elevation <laughs> increases dramatically. You go from walking to climbing between station eight and station nine. And station nine, I probably never should have been there. By the time I got to station nine, my group had already passed me about an hour. I still wouldn't quit. I got to station nine and my buddy was like, hey, you okay? And I was like, hey, I'm, I'm, a, I'm just gonna sit on the bench at station nine and, and I'll catch up with you guys. I'll see you at the summit. I'm gonna give a lesson at the summit. I'll see you guys at the summit. I sat down at station nine because I couldn't go anymore. I was, I was, I didn't know what was going on. I, my inhaler wasn't working. I was out of oxygen and every station since station seven, they weren't selling any more oxygen. It was, it was a bad situation. What I didn't know is, is that I had caught what is called mountain sickness or elevation sickness. And it didn't matter how fit I was. It didn't matter how strong I was. It, I was never really supposed to be on that mountain with the kind of asthma I have. So I sat at station nine. I remember sitting on that bench and for about 30 minutes and then I started getting delirious and started seeing stuff. I ended up under the bench. I think I passed out. I was under the bench and 
I remember waking up and people were sitting on the bench. I was under the bench. It was a hot mess. I was in trouble. I, I had kind of a category three mountain sickness. There's different levels to it. I had went to the max. and But God, I woke up under that bench and I found enough strength to start heading back down the mountain. I didn't care about leading the group. I didn't care about what people thought about me. They're probably going to be like, what happened to me? Where's our leader? I see you guys back at the bus. I, I just want to get off the mountain, get back to regular oxygen and live. <laughs> you may be thinking, preacher, why'd you tell me this long story this morning? What, what are you trying to get me to understand? How does this apply to two sparrows worth a penny? We live in a world where we value ourselves by what people say about us. We live in a world where if we can't do what we do, we lose our own value. And I just want to return some of your own power to you this morning to remind you that your value comes from God. Your true value comes from God. I want to help somebody who may be struggling on their own mountain today. You may be thinking that if I don't get to the summit, I'm not, I won't be worth it. If I don't achieve this, if I don't get this job, if, if this doesn't work out for me, that your value is no good. I just stopped by to tell you this morning that two sparrows are worth a penny, but they won't fall to the ground without God's care. <laughs> it simply means that God knows when the sparrows pass away. He, he, he's attentive to what's going on with them, that they are important to him and they're not worth a penny, a piece. What are we talking about today? Talking about your true value. <laughs> we often value people with questions. It's true. We value the people around us with questions. What are you talking about, preacher? Let's take a look at it. What can you do for me? How many of us are guilty of valuing people in our lives by what you can do for me? What can you do? Can you bring me happiness? Can you bring me joy? Can you pay my bills? Can you be my friend? What, what can you do for me kind of puts the value on the person that we come in contact with in our lives, our own family members, some people we've thrown away because they can't do anything for us but bring us stress. Some people we don't mess with because they can't do anything for me. We, uh, some people we value because they can do something for me. We often value people with questions. <laughs> what can't you do for me? The people in your lives, do their value decrease when they can no longer do what they used to do? Well, what about the, the, the coworker or the person who works for you who can no longer perform the way they perform? Does their value decrease because they can't do what they used to do for you or what they can't do for you? What do you have? It's a big one. Do we value people by what they have? Do we value them by what they possess, their clothes, their cars, their houses, their jobs, their clout? Do we value them by what they have? Of course we do. 
If we didn't, there wouldn't be something called a celebrity. We value them because they're on TV and they have millions of dollars. And if one of them walked through the door, I'm pretty sure somebody want an autograph of T.D. Jakes or they want an autograph of Beyonce or they want an autograph of somebody who we see on TV. We value them by what they have. What you don't have. When's the last time you really took value in somebody who was on the street with a sign and didn't have anything? When is the last time you had more than enough and you valued somebody who didn't have that? We often value people through questions. Most of all, we value people by who you are. It ain't right, but we do it. You put doctor in front of somebody's name and all of a sudden their value increases. You put rapper or singer or preacher in front of somebody's name and all of a sudden they become a better human being than the person that's sitting next to. We hold them to a higher standard. Who are you? Determines how much value I'll put on somebody. We live in a world where who you are determines if people value you or not. We live in a world where we sometimes divine ourselves by who we are. <laughs> so the question today is, has someone valued you with questions? Has someone put a value on your life by what you can do for them, what you can't do for them, who you are and what you have? Has someone defined you, put you in a box by the questions that they've posed on your life? Does somebody value you by what you can't do, what you failed at, what you sinned at? Has somebody valued you through questions today? If that's you, deep inside, if that's you, and I think some of all of us suffer with that, if that's you, God has a message for you. He's got a message and a question. Have you valued yourself with questions? It's a big one. We can be our worst critic. We can be our own worst enemy. Sometimes we look in the mirror and who we're not defines us. We talked about this, the real you. Do you really know who you are? Do you really know your true value? If you're sitting here today and you're kind of like me, you suffer with self-esteem issues, you went through life and you've allowed people to kind of define who you are, God wants to redefine you this morning. And he simply wants to say to you, God's value, he values you with knowledge. He ain't got to ask no questions. God values you with knowledge. <laughs> it's quite simple. God knows the sparrows. And they're not even worth a penny apiece. <laughs> if he knows the sparrows and he cares for them and he's counted every hair on your head. <laughs> Let me remix that. He not only counted them, he put them there. He knows how much hair you got, how much hair you don't got, how much hair you want to have. He, he knows it all. God knows it all about you. Amen. <laughs> so he values you with knowledge. Some, somebody's sitting there like, okay, he values me with knowledge. Let's talk about it. God knows your value. Could prove it to you. He knows the real you. My Bible tells me that while we were yet in sin, 
Christ died for us. And Bible tells me that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, you shall be saved. My Bible tells me that Jesus died on an old rugged cross so that you can have salvation. He knows the real you. Jesus didn't die for the fake you. He he died for the real you. <laughs> he, he knows your true value because he knows the authentic you. He knows the you that you don't even speak about. He knows the you, the thoughts in your mind. He knows your true intentions before you do anything. God knows your real value. <laughs> he knows your faults and your sin. I want to release some pressure on your life today. If you're trying to live a sinless or a sin-free life, you can just stop. Because the way we try to live that way is to hide the sin that we can't help committing. The way that you free yourself from sin is that you submit yourself to God. And let all your ways be his ways. You see, you can't get rid of the sin and the faults in your life if you can't admit that you're a sinful creature. If you can't admit that you got a sin problem. You can't get rid of it unless you give it to God. And to give it to God, you got to acknowledge it. You see, the problem with sin is not so much the sin that we commit. It's what we do after the sin is committed. We hide. We run. We act like it never happened. We don't want nobody to know. We're ashamed. It causes us to, 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 to get in a place where we're no longer open where we're ashamed of ourselves, but God's just saying to you, come to me. All of you who have burdens, come to me and I will wash you clean. Repent of your sins. That just means you change your mind, which will change your actions, which will just change your life. Uh, you can only do that with God. He knows your faults and your sins. You can be the real you. He knows your true value. He knows who you are. He knows your sins. <laughs> you, you don't have to worry. He knows every bad part about you. <laughs> the thing is, he's already fixed it all. Man. You're hiding from something that God already knows. No one can condemn you when God has forgiven you. No one. If God be for you, who can be against you? Come on. The world may not value you, but that's not true value. True value comes from God. I just want to lift somebody up today. You've been thinking that you're not who you're supposed to be. And God says, I've created you everything you're supposed to be. Your true value is in me. You're not defined by your sin. You're refined by your sin. <laughs> Finally, God's got the details. He's got the details. Somebody, somebody's sitting there like, I don't, what, what are you talking about? We, we read in the scripture today, it simply says, and even every hair on your head is numbered. Every hair. You think about that. You think about that. Everything, every little thing. You think about it when you comb your hair and you look down in the sink and maybe one or two pieces there. You shave in the morning, you see all those little pieces if you shave 
Just think about it. If God is that far into the details of you, that means he knows it all. That means he not only knows it, he cares for it all. (laughs) He knows when you're hurting and you didn't tell nobody, you locked it away, shut it away. He knows when you got offended and you couldn't explain it to anybody. He knows how you really feel. He knows what you're really going through, what you're really worried about. He knows when you put on that facade, I'm okay. He knows that you're not because he's God. (laughs) The truth of the matter is we have found our value about us, what I've said about me. But God is saying to you today, I value you more than anything. God is saying to you, you don't have to fit into the world's box of what is precious. I created you amazing. Some of y'all may be sitting here and thinking, this is good to know. But God wants you not only to know it, he wants you to live it. (laughs) It's funny because how many of you know the scripture are more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ? We all can quote that scripture, but how many of us can live that scripture? (laughs) The Bible says that God is my shepherd, I shall not lack for nothing. And how many of us really live that reality? God's not saying, I don't just want you to know the word. I want you to live my word. It's it's time out for people who just hear and not do. I want you to do everything you're hearing. You know, the sound of my voice may not be as strong. It may not be as powerful, but God is speaking to you today and he's speaking to me and he's saying, wash away those values you've put on yourself. Wash away those negative connotations you assign to your life. Wash away that stuff that people have spoken into your life because the true value, the true value is that you are priceless. That there is no replacing you, that, that Jesus died for you. He died for you. He died for me. That he gave everything so that you can have life that there is nobody who will ever be quite like you. When he made you, he didn't make no other. Only your voice sounds the way it sounds. Only you can talk the way you can talk. And only you can do for God what he's created you to do. Speaking to somebody today, maybe you're having some thoughts of suicide. Maybe you're having some thoughts of depression. Maybe, Maybe you're hiding those thoughts from the people who love you the most. Maybe there's inner struggles with self-esteem. Maybe there's struggles with just who you are. I'm just speaking to you today, letting you know that to God, you're priceless. He's got the details. To God, you're amazing. He's, he's got the details. To God, there's nothing better than you. He knows what you did when you did it. He knows the real you. He's got the details, but you're still amazing. You're still priceless. You're still everything he created you to be. Some of you looking today like I don't have this. I don't have this inside of me. I don't feel this way about myself. Maybe you don't even believe that the God we're talking about loves you. I just want to remind you today that Jesus died for all. He died for all. But the most important part is he got up for everybody. He got up for everybody.
today with every head bowed, all eyes closed. I want to share this moment and remind you what God says about you. In Luke chapter 15, verse 3 through 7, I just want you to close your eyes right now. I want you to release whatever's on your mind and just listen to the words of Jesus this morning. When Jesus told them this parable, suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't not he leave the 99 and open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it. And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and his neighbors together and says, rejoice with me. I found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over the 99 righteous persons who don't need to repent. God is speaking to you today. He's reminding you that you are the one out of the He's reminding you that your true value is worth him risking it all to save you. God knows exactly where you are. He's searching for you. He's looking for you. He's tearing everything up to find you. And today he's knocking on the doors of your heart and he's reminding you just how amazing you are. He's reminding you just how much he sacrificed for you. He's reminding you that there is no place I'll go. There's no place that I won't go to find you. There's no place that I won't go to save you. There's nothing that I won't do to redeem you. You are my child. Right now in the name of Jesus, I release every single value that is not of God that is on your life. If you're sitting in this room listening by Facebook or you're going to turn on this podcast, I'm declaring in your life right now that every negative value that has ever been put on your life is being released right now. God has called you, he has saved you, he's redeemed you, and today you are a new creature in him. I don't care who hurt you, I don't care who left you, I don't care what they said about you, God calls you amazing, masterpiece, wonderful, his child. There's nothing that can stop you, nothing that can block you, and today he calls you forth and he says, my child, look at yourself the way I look at you, love yourself the way I love you. The true value of you is that you are priceless. Today, you are priceless. Today, you are priceless. In the name of Jesus. If you receive that this morning, just give God a hand clap of praise this morning. I just want to share with you, your value equals priceless. If you don't believe me, you can read Luke for yourself. 
But Jesus will leave the 99 for you. He will come to wherever you are and he will snatch you up. You may think you're all alone. You may think you're not where you should be, but God knows you're right where you need to be. So the next time you're wondering what your true value is, just know that your true value is priceless. There's absolutely nothing God won't give for you. I pray that you know your identity, you live your identity, and you share your identity with this world. Amen? Amen. God bless you. Thank you for listening. Our prayer is that this word blesses you. Subscribe to our podcast and like us on Facebook and Instagram. Welcome to the Victory Center's podcast. Well, we here at Victory Center uh, believe that God wants us to have a victorious life. Thank you for tuning in, and we hope that you're blessed by the word. God bless you. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, God, we just thank you this morning for your goodness, your grace, and your mercy. Heavenly Father, Lord, we ask that you pour out your word to us this morning, God. Cover us with your anointing, God. Open our ears that we can hear. Open our minds so that we can understand, God, what you are saying to us today, Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father, Lord, we pray that you speak like never before, God. Heavenly Father, Lord, break the chains that are holding us back, God. Release us from everything that has us pent down, Heavenly Father. Lord, today we ask for your deliverance, God, your supernatural power in our lives, God. Heavenly Father, Lord, we declare today you are God and God alone, Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray that you sit me down and you stand up, Heavenly Father. Have your way only as you can. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. I want to use for a subject or a text. <laughs> the true value. The true value. Last week, we, we kicked off a series about identity where we talked about the real you. God's taken us into another slice of this series, and today we just want to talk about true value. I don't know about you, but we tend to value things. Well, we, we tend to give certain things value, and we tend to devalue other things. I just want to remind you that only God's value is the true value. Amen, amen. When I was 29 years old, I was a young chief petty officer in the Navy and was stationed in Japan. And I was in charge of the men and women who had got selected for chief. And that year, one of our events was to climb Mount Fuji. And I'm from Houston, Texas, if you don't know. And Mount Fuji looks just like that. It's, it's that pretty, too. And this was just one task of many tasks that I was taking this group of young men and women who were getting ready to be promoted to chief. They, we designed this thing to take them through challenging things. And I was in charge of taking that group of men and women to the summit of this mountain. We, we all filled out a, a form so the doctor could screen us. And the form actually several questions, you know, do you have high blood pressure? Have you been sick? You know, and I filled the form out, I just, just filled it out, gave it back to the doc. And 
Doc signed pretty much everybody off to go. And the doc pulled me aside and he said, hey, I don't recommend you climb this mountain. I looked at the doc and I said, doc, what are you talking about? I, I run every day. I, I'm probably the fittest person you know. Why, why don't you think I can't climb this mountain? He said, well, you have asthma and I don't recommend you climb the mountain. I was like, doc, let me tell you about my asthma. I haven't had an asthma attack in two years. I, I run all the time. Asthma doesn't bother me. It's 29. And for those of you who are in your 20s or about to be in your 20s, I'll give you a little piece of advice. You're going to feel invincible in that period of your life. And at that time, there was really nothing I couldn't do. You couldn't tell me I couldn't do anything. And, and because I am a child of God, that's, that was my swagger. What? This mountain God made? I can climb this mountain. <laughs> Remember, I told you I'm from Texas. Everything in Texas is nice and flat. You ain't got no bumps and hills in Texas. Maybe a few, but they don't look like that. Told the doc, hey, doc, you ain't got nothing to worry about. Don't sweat it. Sign me off. He's like, I'll sign you off if you follow three rules. All right, doc, what you got? He said, number one, take your inhaler. Check. He's like, number two, take the portable bottles of oxygen. They're about yay big, they'll fit in your backpack. Take them with you. Okay, doc. He said, last rule, stay with the group. I'm doc, I'm leading the group. What are you talking about? I'm stay with the group. Easy, he signed me off. Set off to the mountain. How many of you know that Sometimes the things that we want to do are not necessarily the things God has given us to do. Just because something is in your path doesn't mean that it's for you. We have a tendency to to determine our own path, our own way. And maybe today there's a mountain in your way and 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 you're thinking, I'm going to climb this mountain and get over it. And, but God's given us so many options. He's given us the option to climb, the option to go around, and the option to walk away. Yeah. And sometimes God sends us a doctor, or he sends us a friend, or he sends us somebody who says, I don't think you should do that. And, and I'm going off topic a little bit, but maybe we should just listen to those little blessings that come along and speak in our ear because, man, if it hadn't been for the doctor, I wouldn't even paid attention to any of those three things he told me to take. Now, I got to this mountain. And just so you understand a little bit better, the mountain has stations. And the first station I remember, because you drive up and you really start at station five. So we all got out of the vehicle at station five. We got ready, got our gear on, and we took off. And I remember when we started at station five, took maybe 200 steps. And I was like, ooh, the air here is a little thin. And we're, 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 we're just at the, we're kind of at the bottom. We're, we're up a little elevation, but it's just station five. And I could already feel that the air was a little thin. I was like, hey, did, Anybody else feel that? Like, 
Any, any, <laughs> anybody else with me? <laughs> anybody? And they was all like, nope. They was like, what are you talking about? And I was just like, nope. Okay. Well, maybe it's just me. Let's go. And we took off. I remember taking off. We got to station six. I'm like, okay, it's just, ah, it's a mountain. It's, don't, don't pay attention to it. Keep going. And being the competitive person that I am, I'm leading the group, but I want to lead from the front. I don't want to lead from the back. I want to show these guys that I'm training that there's no task they can't do. And so just naturally, I'm, I'm at the head of the group. And so by the time I got to station seven, I'm with, I'm with my buddy and, and I'm like, hey, you, you, you good? He's like, yeah, let's, let's get to the top. We got, we got four hours to get to the top. Let's go. Let's keep climbing. And at station seven, something told me, you probably need to stop because nobody else is feeling the way I'm feeling. You ever did something and other people could be good with it, but you ever been someplace and other people are like, hey, hey, this is the spot to be. And you're like, mm, I just don't, something just don't feel right on the inside of me. Maybe whatever you're into, whatever you're doing, wasn't meant for you. Story goes on, it keeps going. Between station seven and station eight, I knew there was a problem. I knew it. I knew there was a problem because the group that I was leading was now surpassing me. They were passing me up. Hey, Chief, you good? I'm tracking along. We good. I'm out of the portable oxygen bottles. I'm asking other people for theirs. Hey, you got extra? Hey, just gonna check, make sure. Hey, trying to play it off, trying to be cool, trying to stay with the group. And the group is passing me up. And by the time I got to station eight, I knew there was a problem. But I found my value in being the leader of the group. I found my value in being the fittest person in the group. I found my value in instructing this group of guys. So my pride wouldn't let me quit because I valued myself by what I could do. And if I quit, that that, that would decrease my value. So at station eight, I made a decision to keep going. I was only a few stations away from the summit. I didn't get all the way to old station eight to quit. I had one more station, then there's the summit. Come on, you can get past this for a little fun. It's okay. There's a huge difference between station eight and station nine. The elevation <laughs> increases dramatically. You go from walking to climbing between station eight and station nine. And station nine, I probably never should have been there. By the time I got to station nine, my group had already passed me about an hour. I still wouldn't quit. I got to station nine and my buddy was like, hey, you okay? And I was like, hey, I'm, I'm, a, I'm just going to sit on the bench at station nine and and I'll catch up with you guys. I'll see you at the summit. I'm going to give a lesson at the summit. I'll see you guys at the summit. I sat down at station nine because I couldn't go anymore. I was, I was, I didn't know what was going on. I, 
my inhaler wasn't working, I was out of oxygen, and every station since station seven, they weren't selling any more oxygen. It was, it was a bad situation. What I didn't know is, is that I had caught what is called mountain sickness or elevation sickness. And it didn't matter how fit I was, it didn't matter how strong I was, it, I was never really supposed to be on that mountain with the kind of asthma I have. So I sat at station nine, I remember sitting on that bench and for about 30 minutes and then I started getting delirious and started seeing stuff. I ended up under the bench, I think I passed out, I was under the bench and I remember waking up and people were sitting on the bench, I was under the bench, it was a hot mess, I was in trouble. I, I had kind of a category three mountain sickness, there's different levels to it. I had went to the max and but God, I woke up under that bench and I found enough strength to start heading back down the mountain. I didn't care about leading the group. I didn't care about what people thought about me. They're probably going to be like, what happened to me? Where's our leader? I see you guys back at the bus. I, I just want to get off the mountain, get back to regular oxygen and live. <laughs> you may be thinking, preacher, why'd you tell me this long story this morning? What, what are you trying to get me to understand? How does this apply to two sparrows worth a penny? Oh. We live in a world where we value ourselves by what people say about us. We live in a world where if we can't do what we do, we lose our own value. And I just want to return some of your own power to you this morning to remind you that your value comes from God. Your true value comes from God. I want to help somebody who may be struggling on their own mountain today. You may be thinking that if I don't get to the summit, I'm not, I won't be worth it. If I don't achieve this, if I don't get this job, if, if this doesn't work out for me, that your value is no good. I just stopped by to tell you this morning that two sparrows are worth a penny, but they won't fall to the ground without God's care. <laughs> it simply means that God knows when the sparrows pass away. He, he, he's attentive to what's going on with them, that they are important to him and they're not worth a penny, a piece. What are we talking about today? Talking about your true value. <laughs> we often value people with questions. It's true. We value the people around us with questions. What are you talking about, preacher? Let's take a look at it. What can you do for me? How many of us are guilty of valuing people in our lives by what you can do for me? What can you do? Can you bring me happiness? Can you bring me joy? Can you pay my bills? Can you be my friend? What, what can you do for me kind of puts the value on the person that we come in contact with in our lives, our own family members, some people we've thrown away because they can't do anything for us but bring us stress. Some people we don't mess with because they can't do anything for me. We, some people we value because they can do something for me. We often value people with questions. <laughs> what can't you do for me? The people in your lives, do their value decrease when they 
can no longer do what they used to do? Uh, what about the, the, the coworker or the person who works for you who can no longer perform the way they perform? Does their value decrease because they can't do what they used to do for you or what they can't do for you? What do you have? It's a big one. Do we value people by what they have? Do we value them by what they possess, their clothes, their cars, their houses, their jobs, their clout? Do we value them by what they have? Of course we do. If we didn't, there wouldn't be something called a celebrity. We value them because they're on TV and they have millions of dollars and if one of them walked through the door, I'm pretty sure somebody want an autograph of T.D. Jakes or they want an autograph of Beyonce or they want an autograph of somebody who we see on TV. We value them by what they have. What you don't have. When's the last time you really took value in somebody who was on the street with a sign and didn't have anything? When is the last time you had more than enough and you valued somebody who didn't have that? We often value people through questions. Most of all, we value people by who you are. It ain't right, but we do it. You put doctor in front of somebody's name and all of a sudden their value increases. You put a rapper or a singer or preacher in front of somebody's name and all of a sudden they become a better human being than the person they're sitting next to. We hold them to a higher standard. Who are you? Determines how much value I'll put on somebody. We live in a world where who you are determines if people value you or not. We live in a world where we sometimes divine ourselves by who we are. So the question today is, has someone valued you with questions? Has someone put a value on your life by what you can do for them, what you can't do for them, who you are and what you have? Has someone defined you, put you in a box by the questions that they've posed on your life? Has somebody valued you by what you can't do, what you failed at, what you sinned at? Has somebody valued you through questions today? If that's you, deep inside, if that's you, and I think some of all of us suffer with that, if that's you, God has a message for you. He's got a message and a question. Have you valued yourself with questions? It's a big one. We can be our worst critic. We can be our own worst enemy. Sometimes we look in the mirror and who we're not defines us. We talked about this, the real you. Do you really know who you are? Do you really know your true value? If you're sitting here today and you're kind of like me, you suffer with self-esteem issues, you went through life and you've allowed people to kind of define who you are, God wants to redefine you this morning. And he simply wants to say to you, God's value, he values you with knowledge. <laughs> he ain't gotta ask no questions. God values you with knowledge. <laughs> it's quite simple. God knows the sparrows, and they're not even worth a penny apiece. <laughs> if he knows the sparrows and he cares for them, 
and he's counted every hair on your head. <laughs> Let me remix that. He not only counted them, he put them there. He knows how much hair you got, how much hair you don't got, how much hair you want to have. He, he knows it all. God knows it all about you. <laughs> so he values you with knowledge. Some, somebody's sitting there like, okay, he values me with knowledge. Let's talk about it. God knows your value. Could prove it to you. He knows the real you. My Bible tells me that while we were yet in sin, Christ died for us. And Bible tells me that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, you shall be saved. My Bible tells me that Jesus died on an old rugged cross so that you can have salvation. He knows the real you. Jesus didn't die for the fake you. He he died for the real you. <laughs> he, he knows your true value because he knows the authentic you. He knows the you that you don't even speak about. He knows the you, the thoughts in your mind. He knows your true intentions before you do anything. God knows your real value. <laughs> he knows your faults and your sin. I want to release some pressure on your life today. If you're trying to live a sinless or a sin-free life, you can just stop. Because the way we try to live that way is to hide the sin that we can't help committing. The way that you free yourself from sin is that you submit yourself to God. And let all your ways be his ways. You see, you can't get rid of the sin and the faults in your life if you can't admit that you're a sinful creature. If you can't admit that you got a sin problem, you can't get rid of it unless you give it to God. And to give it to God, you got to acknowledge it. You see, the problem with sin is not so much the sin that we commit. It's what we do after the sin is committed. We hide. We run. We act like it never happened. We don't want nobody to know. We're ashamed. It causes us to, 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 to get in a place where we're no longer open, where we're ashamed of ourselves. But God's just saying to you, come to me. All of you who have burdens, come to me and I will wash you clean. Repent of your sins. That just means you change your mind, which will change your actions, which will just change your life. You can only do that with God. He knows your faults and your sins. You can be the real you. He knows your true value. He knows who you are. He knows your sins. <laughs> you, you don't have to worry. He knows every bad part about you. <laughs> the thing is, he's already fixed it all. Man. You're hiding from something that God already knows. No one can condemn you when God has forgiven you. No one. If God be for you, who can be against you? Come on. The world may not value you, but that's not true value. True value comes from God. Right. I, I just want to lift somebody up today. You've been thinking that you're not who you're supposed to be. And God says, I've created you everything you're supposed to be. Your true value is in me. You're not defined by your sin. You're refined by your sin. Oh, 
Finally, God's got the details. He's got the details. Somebody, somebody's sitting there like, I don't, what, what are you talking about? We, we read in the scripture today, it simply says, and even every hair on your head is numbered. Every hair. You think about that. You think about that. Everything, every little thing. You think about it when you comb your hair and you look down in the sink and maybe one or two pieces there. You shave in the morning, you see all those little pieces. If you shave, you think about it. If God is that far into the details of you, that means he knows it all. That means he not only knows it, he cares for it all. <laughs> he knows when you're hurting and you didn't tell nobody. You locked it away, shut it away. He knows when you got offended and you couldn't explain it to anybody. He knows how you really feel. He knows what you're really going through, what you're really worried about. He knows when you put on that facade, I'm okay. He knows that you're not because he's God. <laughs> the truth of the matter is we have found our about us what I've said about me but God is saying to you today I value you more than anything God is saying to you you don't have to fit into the world's box of what is precious I created you amazing some of y'all may be sitting here and thinking this is good to know but God wants you not only to know it he wants you to live it <laughs> it's funny because how many of you know the scripture are more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ? We all can quote that scripture, but how many of us can live that scripture? The Bible says that God is my shepherd. I shall not lack for nothing. And how many of us really live that reality? God's not saying, I don't just want you to know the word. I want you to live my word. It's, it's time out for people who just hear and not do. I want you to do everything you're hearing. You know, the sound of my voice may not be as strong. It may not be as powerful, but God is speaking you to you today. And he's speaking to me and he's saying, wash away those values you've put on yourself. Wash away those negative connotations you've assigned to your life. Wash away that stuff that people have spoken into your life. Because the true value, the true value is that you are priceless. That there is no replacing you, that, that Jesus died for you. He died for you. He died for me. That he gave everything so that you can have life. That there is nobody who will ever be quite like you. When he made you, he didn't make no other. Only your voice sounds the way it sounds. Only you can talk the way you can talk. And only you can do for God what he's created you to do. Speaking to somebody today, maybe you're having some thoughts of suicide. Maybe you're having some thoughts of depression. Maybe, maybe you're hiding those thoughts from the people who love you the most. Maybe there's inner struggles with self-esteem. Maybe there's struggles with just who you are. I'm just speaking to you today, letting you know that to God, you're priceless. He's got the details. 
to God, you're amazing. He's he's got the details to God. There's nothing better than you. He knows what you did when you did it. He knows the real you. He's got the details, but you're still amazing. You're still priceless. You're still everything he created you to be. (laughs) Some of you looking today like I don't have this. I don't have this inside of me. I don't feel this way about myself. Maybe you don't even believe that the God we're talking about loves you. I just want to remind you today that Jesus died for all. He died for all. But the most important part is he got up for everybody. He got up for everybody. Today, with every head bowed, all eyes closed, I want to share this moment and remind you what God says about you. In Luke chapter 15, verse 3 through 7, I just want you to close your eyes right now. I want you to release whatever's on your mind and just listen to the words of Jesus this morning. When Jesus told them this parable, suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't not he leave the 99 and open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and his neighbors together and says, rejoice with me, I found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over the 99 righteous persons who don't need to repent. God is speaking to you today. He's reminding you that you are the one out of the He's reminding you that your true value is worth him risking it all to save you. God knows exactly where you are. He's searching for you. He's looking for you. He's tearing everything up to find you. And today he's knocking on the doors of your heart and he's reminding you just how amazing you are. He's reminding you just how much he sacrificed for you. He's reminding you that there is no place I'll go. There's no place that I won't go to find you. There's no place that I won't go to save you. There's nothing that I won't do to redeem you. You are my child. Right now in the name of Jesus, I release every single value that is not of God that is on your life. If you're sitting in this room listening by Facebook or you're going to turn on this podcast, I'm declaring in your life right now that every negative value that has ever been put on your life is being released right now. God has called you. He has saved you. He's redeemed you. And today you are a new creature in him. 
I don't care who hurt you. I don't care who left you. I don't care what they said about you. God calls you amazing, masterpiece, wonderful, his child. There's nothing that can stop you, nothing that can block you. And today he calls you forth and he says, my child, look at yourself the way I look at you. Love yourself the way I love you. The true value of you is that you are priceless. Today you are priceless. Today you are priceless. In the name of Jesus. If you receive that this morning, just give God a hand clap of praise this morning. I just want to share with you, your value equals priceless. If you don't believe me, you can read Luke for yourself. But Jesus will leave the 99 for you. He will come to wherever you are and he will snatch you up. You may think you're all alone. You may think you're not where you should be, but God knows you're right where you need to be. So the next time you're wondering what your true value is, just know that your true value is priceless. There's absolutely nothing God won't give for you. I pray that you know your identity, you live your identity, and you share your identity with this world. Amen? Amen. God bless you. Thank you for listening. Our prayer is that this word blesses you. Subscribe to our podcast and like us on Facebook and Instagram. The podcast you just heard was made using Anchor. Ever thought about making your own podcast? Anchor makes it really easy for anyone to get started. It's a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing podcasts. Best of all, it's 100% free. Sign up now at anchor.fm slash new. That's anchor.fm slash new to get started.